In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending July 24th, U.S. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack called Southeast Agnet Thursday morning as he wanted growers across the region to know that the U.S. Department of Agriculture made an announcement this week concerning the expansion of crop insurance to provide additional options. Randall, if you uh, are a peach grower or blueberry grower or potato farmer or apples in uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, you're going to want to know what uh, we announced this week. That's Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack, who explains the expansion of crop insurance will now provide additional options for fruit and nut producers. You all know that risk management is critically important to farming operations regardless of what you're growing. Uh, That's why we in this administration have expanded the number of policies and coverages available for farmers and Uh, It was obviously a key to the uh, reforms in the 2014 Farm Bill. So today what we're announcing is the expansion of the supplemental crop insurance option. This is an opportunity for farmers to essentially buy up coverage for an extended amount of coverage uh, for a crop above and beyond what the traditional crop insurance program would provide. It will cover losses more fully, and we're expanding the list of eligible crops for this supplemental crop insurance coverage uh, to include a number of uh, fruits and vegetables, including peaches and blueberries, potatoes and apples, uh, which will impact and affect farmers in Alabama, Florida and Georgia. Secretary Vilsack said they are also announcing the expansion of the actual production history yield exclusion to cover fresh fruits and nuts in select counties beginning with the 2016 crop year. This is the APH yield exclusion, which allows a producer to take a look at their production history and drop from that history a year or two that may have been sort of an outlier because of poor weather. Uh, It makes sure and guarantees that folks will be able to get the coverage when they need it uh, as fully and and, uh, completely as possible. So these are two really important announcements uh, that are now expanding opportunity for a number of producers in, in your area that they didn't have before. He said a list of crop insurance agents is available at all USDA service centers and online at the Risk Management Agency's website, rma.usda.gov. And you'll also find on that website a series of decision tools that will allow farmers to sort of input numbers Uh, make some projections so that they can determine whether or not the uh, supplemental crop insurance option is a a good deal, so they can determine whether or not dropping out a year or two where the uh, yields weren't what they wanted them to be would be effective in terms of expanding coverage opportunities. In other news, El Nino has strengthened steadily during the past month, approaching the strong category strength already, and it could end up being the strongest El Nino event in 50 years. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says this could take place later this year. We have what we would call a moderate El Nino, but it continues to strengthen, and it could become one of these super El Ninos later this year or during the winter. Now, NOAA is predicting a 90% chance that El Nino will stay in the northern hemisphere at least through the winter, and there's an 80% chance it could last through early spring of 2016. But Rippy explains what we could see if this does occur. In the last half century, we had two what we call super El Ninos, That happened in 1982-83 and again in 1997-98, and both times we had profound impacts. Heavy rain and huge mountain snowpacks in California. Other impacts that we may see across the United States as we head into the cold season would include general wetness across the southern United States. That would bring more rain to places like Texas and on into the Gulf Coast region. At the same time, the impacts are not as uh, positive across the northern tier of the United States. The northwest, and unfortunately places that are really reeling from drought right now, including Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, and then points eastward into the upper Midwest, tend to have warm and dry weather during the cool season. 
So we could be looking at intensifying drought in the Pacific Northwest and the Northern Rockies. One factor that could keep this from happening, though, is that El Nino started in the spring, not fall or winter like most others. But the strongest El Nino on record in the past 100 years occurred between 1997 and 98. It brought plentiful rainfalls to California during the winter months. Also this week, USDA's National Ag Statistics Service and Animal Plant Health Inspection Service announced they're surveying crop producers to measure the impact of feral swine. The survey looks to begin the process of quantifying the extent of the problem to help find the path towards a solution. Almost 10,000 farmers across the 11 states will be contacted to estimate the extent of damage that these animals may have caused to agriculture. The states being surveyed include Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Now, the 17th Annual Southern Peanut Growers Conference has been taking place at Callaway Gardens in Pine Mountain, Georgia. Tyron Spearman talked with one of the speakers to find out what some of the issues being discussed are. Dr. Scott Mumford of the University of Georgia Peanut Team. Scott, what will be your message to the growers at the Southern Growers Conference at Callaway Gardens? Well, to get them to understand what this crop is looking like right now and what are some of the things that we need to look forward to in the next month or so. We've got a large crop. It's been planted over an extended period of time. Um, Some of the main things is we can't get behind. We need to keep up with our weed management. We need to keep up. If we've not started our fungicide programs, we need to get those initiated and be aware of what your uh, growth or progress of that plant is make sure we're on time. And then finally, we need to track maturity. I'd encourage all growers to register some fields with their county agents on the farm network and try to track the adjusted growing degree days and give us an idea on some of this early crop when it will be ready. How important is irrigation? Irrigation at this point, being in the 90s for the last three or so weeks, with little rain, even though we have received some, irrigation is is a key. Uh, We're in the peak bloom time. We need to keep at least an inch and a half to two inches a week now in in the peak bloom time. How about dryland peanuts? What you do there? We um, do like we do every year. We hope and pray we're going to receive rain. And so far, we, we have been getting some timely rains, and that's going to help us. That's Dr. Scott Mumford. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. Also this week, Kathy Isom talked about how USDA and NASA are using satellites to better monitor soil moisture and detect wildfires. Better ways to share data and in turn improve the ability to monitor drought and predict wildfire activity from space. That's the basis of a new agreement between USDA and NASA. Very excited about the relationship with NASA. It's not a new one, but long-term relationship that our agencies have had working together on research. But what we're doing is taking it to the next level. That's Deputy Secretary Krista Hardin, who says the agreement includes expanded cooperation on spaceborne remote sensing efforts to gather soil moisture data. And as NASA Deputy Administrator Dava Newman notes, using satellites to better detect and predict wildfire activity and behavior. We have satellite to detect the smaller fires. Details, again, maybe it's more at the preventative. Let's look at the detailed things maybe we can prevent and really take care of our forests. In addition, both USDA and NASA will improve collaborative efforts to encourage students to pursue careers in science, technology, engineering, ag, and math. I'm Kathy Isom, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about world record vegetables. I didn't get my update list on the world's largest vegetables this year. It's published by the European Giant Vegetable Growers Association. I don't know how they assemble their statistics, but they manage. The list is as many as 30 vegetables, no fruits. At least 12 of those giant vegetable records are held by American growers. However, a 17-pound onion was grown by an Englishman. It has held the record since 2005, but 
One of the most astounding records is a 68-pound radish grown in 2003 in Japan. Now, there are several vegetables I never heard of, including a 39-pound kolarashi grown here in the USA. One record has stood since 1946. I guess that might be a world record for holding a world record. Anyway, that's my update on big vegetables until I get my new list, just so you'll know. That's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.